watching the last of the Hallmark Christmas movies with my mother, uh, I guess week before last. She's a bit of a Hallmark Christmas movie addict. She has a sweatshirt that says Hallmark Christmas movie sweatshirt. And while we were watching that, mom said to me, she said, you know, these movies are all just about the same. They just change the players. And I was a little disappointed that one of the most faithful fans had made that discovery. Because <laughs> I thought my mom watched those movies because she looked forward to every movie being different. But then I realized mom isn't watching these movies because she wants to see something new. Apparently that's not the reason a lot of people are watching those movies because Broadcasting and Cable ran a headline saying Hallmark Channel once again reigns as indisputable leader in holiday programming. People aren't looking for new. People aren't looking for innovative. They're just looking for the same old feel-good, love-conquering story over and over and over again. Confess, how many of you watch Hallmark Christmas movies? Oh, wow, that's so many. <laughs> anyway, it was a reminder to me, I was thinking about community groups. Hallmark movie, community groups, it's a stretch, but, but it's true because I thought, you know, community groups are neither new nor are they innovative. Jesus had one 2,000 years ago with his 12 disciples. And for 2,000 years, it's been the same story over and over and over again, just with different characters. The same repentance is being had. The same rebirth is being experienced. The same restoration. God keeps making all things new. The same love is being shown in community. The same burdens are being carried in community. The same victory is being had through the power of the Holy Spirit in community. Hope and justice and love and mercy are still being dispensed through community. And you and I never get tired of watching that happen, do we? We never want something new. This is too beautiful. We never need anything new because this is enough. This is community. And this is what God envisions for his people. So in case you haven't guessed by this point, on this our second week of our four-week emphasis in January of our focus and our vision here at Redeemer, our word for week two is community. And community is not Redeemer's vision for God's people. Community is God's vision for His people. And so our task this morning, yours and mine, is simply to implement very well what God has envisioned for us. We must have and we must be community here at Redeemer Presbyterian Church. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning as we come once again to John chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open to the Gospel of John, the 17th chapter, beginning in the 20th verse. And when you've found your place, I'm going to ask you to stand so that we might hear read together the word of the living God. It's the upper room, the last night of Jesus' life, and he's praying with and for his disciples, beginning in verse 20. 
I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for your word. Lord Jesus, thank you for this prayer that you prayed on our behalf, a prayer that's still valid, uh, a prayer that still reflects your heart for your people. Lord, as we consider this prayer again this morning and what it mean, might mean for us, we pray that your spirit would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, our minds to comprehend, and Lord, our hearts to be passionate about the things that you have for us. So we just submit ourselves now to you, to uh, the power of your spirit and the authority of your word. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we turn again this week to the same prayer, which we looked last year, this prayer of Jesus. Last week, we looked at the first word of our vision, which is the word becoming. The theological word for that is sanctification. But as we looked at that word, we saw through multiple scripture that in this life, you and I, all of us, are in process. The finished product of you and the finished product of me is not for this world to see. The finished you, the finished me, is something only for the next world to see and to celebrate what Jesus has completed so beautifully. But for now, you and I are in the process of becoming. And we're becoming in a lot of different areas of our lives. We're becoming better husbands. We're becoming better wives, better children, better friends. We're becoming better prayers, becoming better lovers of God's word, becoming better servers, becoming more gracious and merciful and compassionate and loving. But in this verse, Jesus prays that we will become something very specific. Look again in verse 23. Jesus says, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. Now this is the process that Jesus is praying for us specifically this morning, that we will become one. And I don't think that we can overestimate the importance of oneness to Jesus because it's something he requests of the Father four times in this one prayer. Look in verse 11. Jesus says, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. Verse 21, that they may be one. Verse 22, that they may be one. Verse 23, that they may become perfectly one. This is how important oneness is to Jesus. And oneness is so important to him that he doesn't leave it for you and for me to define. Because if you and I were to do to define oneness, we, we might get it wrong. We might believe that oneness is something you can 
legislate, require everyone to accept a prescribed list of beliefs or behavior and hold over their heads the threat of charging them with a hate crime if they don't uh, participate. And so that will keep us all in oneness line. But does that bring oneness? We might plan an event, set up a stage, get people of different races and different faiths to stand on the stage and hold hands and proclaim to everyone watching, we are one. But when the lights go out and the cameras disappear and the reporters go back to their desks, the same old prejudices continue to separate us. And we too often get it wrong. And so we need the Lord to define it for us. He knows how to define oneness. And he defines it for us in these verses. Look in verse 22. Jesus prays that they may be one even as we are one. So oneness looks like what the Father and the Son have. Look in verse 21. Jesus prays that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And so oneness looks relational, what the Father and the Son have. And so the truth of the matter is that when you and I are attempting to define what oneness is, we've got to look at God. And when I say we have to look at God, I mean that we have to look at the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are always in deep, really deep theological waters when we begin to contemplate the Trinity, how three can be one. The Trinity is a mystery to us. We know that it is. We just can't fathom how it is. The Westminster Confession of Faith, larger catechism question nine, says this about the Trinity. There be three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, true, eternal God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory, although distinguished by their personal properties. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. It's not that each one of them is one-third God, and when you put them together, you have one God. No, each of them is fully 100% God. And so what does oneness look like in the Godhead? Oneness looks like community. Oneness looks like community because we have three distinct persons who interact perfectly with each other. And so when we look at the Godhead, a definition of oneness, a definition of community emerges through the characteristics we see displayed. And there are many, but I just want us to to look at, at four characteristics of community that we see in the Godhead. First, we see in the community of the Godhead that each person has a distinct role and responsibilities that accompany that role. Each person of the Godhead has roles and responsibilities. For example, think about redemption. Scripture says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. That's God's role. God's role is to be the lover of this world. And in that role of lover of this world, His responsibility was to send His Son. The role of the Son, who is also God, was to go. 
The role of the son was not to consider equality with God something to be grasped. The role of the son was rather to empty himself and take the form of a servant and be born in the likeness of man. The responsibility of the son was to humble himself and become obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that those who the father loved might be saved. That's the role and the responsibility of the Son. It's the role of the Spirit of God to awaken our spirits, spirits that Scripture described as dead. We are dead apart from the Spirit. But the Spirit awakens us so that by faith we can embrace Christ's finished work on the cross and come to life, real life, forever life. Jesus says it clearly. It is a spirit who gives life. So each member of the Trinity has a role. Each member of the Trinity has responsibilities. Let's consider another example. Creation. Scripture says at the time of creation, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, back and forth, over the waters. That was the role of the Spirit of God. Scripture says that, the, that God spoke. That was His role. To speak words, let there be, let there be light. It was the role of the Son to carry out the words of God. Scripture tells us that all things were made through Jesus the Son. And without Him was not anything made that was made. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. That was the role of the Son. To bring God's spoken word into being. And so... This is community. This is community. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, each knowing their individual roles and performing them perfectly. Community has clear roles and clear responsibilities. Second characteristic of community of the Godhead, it's communication, perfect communication. We infer from Scripture that a conversation took place sometime in eternity past between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're not privy to that conversation. God has determined that we don't need to know what was said, but we know that in that communication, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit determined what roles they would have and what responsibilities each would have. And no evidence can be found anywhere in Scripture that in that communication there was static or confusion or misunderstanding or misinterpretation between them. We find no evidence that among the Godhead when they communicated that they were guarded or closed off from one another. There's no evidence that they withheld from each other anything or that they spoke out of insecurity or defensiveness or envy of the other person. All we see is evidence of perfect communication and perfect unity on what was determined would be. Community has clear communication. Thirdly, a characteristic of the community of the Godhead is that each is submissive to the other. Listen, Jesus the Son submits to the Spirit. Scripture tells us that Jesus was full of the Spirit. Scripture tells us that it's the Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. And so the Spirit led, Jesus submitted, He followed. 
Jesus submits to the Father. The Son submits to the Father. John 6, 38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prays, Lord, Father, not my will, but your will be done. There's submission. The, Father, the Son submits to the Father. The Father submits to the Son. Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Who gave the Son that authority? God did. Without abdicating his role and position of head, God submits to the authority he gave the Son and the Son's finished work on the cross. So in that way, the Father submits to the Son. The Spirit submits to the Father and the Son. Jesus says, John 16, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so within the community of the Godhead, we see this beautiful and willing submission one to the other. That's what community looks like. Mutual submission. Fourthly, Final characteristic of the community of the Godhead is love. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so among the community of the Godhead, there exists this perfect and beautiful love. Real community has love. So these, this is community. It's what it looks like. There are roles, there are communication, there's submission, there's love. This is what defines oneness in the community of God. Now, remember this. At the time of creation, God said, Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are created in God's image, you and I. Therefore, we are created for community. We are created for community. Community isn't something that God made up. When he looked and said, oh dear, look what happened. Uh, man and woman, they sinned. Let me, let me create community to help them out with that problem. No, community is part of the eternally existent character of God. Community is what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always enjoyed together. Before human beings were ever created. And listen, what is right and good for God is right and good for us. And so when we look at the community that God has, we must conclude that we who are created in the image of God must have community as well. Community is not optional. I'll say that again. Community is not optional. We must conclude, we must, that you and I are less 
than God created us to be when we attempt to live our lives outside of community. Because God has created us so differently. He, he pushes us into community, as I read to the children this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The body is made up of all sorts of parts, hands, feet, arms, legs, eyes, ears. God has designed it so that we are interdependent, so that we can only survive rightly, so that we can only flourish in this life, in this world, when we are in community with each other. We need each other. Do you believe that? Do you? That we need each other? Do you believe that? I'll keep saying, I'll keep asking until you say yes. Do you believe that? And I hope you're convinced, not from my words, but from the word of the Lord. It's so clear. Community is what we are created for. But remember this also, and you know this one. Whatever God ordains, Satan, yes. Whatever God ordains, Satan opposes. And so if God ordains community for us, Satan seeks isolation. That's where he does his best work. Keeping you and me away from each other. Making us believe that we are the only ones that have that struggle. We're the only ones that commit that sin. Plunging us deeper and deeper into despair when we believe that everyone else has it all together. Community can dispel those lies. In community, in community group, we can say, Oh, you mean you struggle with that too? And in community, we find mutual help. If God ordains submission within community, Satan seeks independence and rebellion from community. If God ordains clear com communication within community, Satan seeks static and confusion and misunderstanding. If God ordains love within community, Satan seeks to foment hate among us. And I think that this is the reason that Jesus prays for oneness, for community here. Not just once, but four times, because the enemy is so opposed to it. And because community is just that important. And so that's why, that's why, here at Redeemer, we put almost all of our eggs, all of our resources into the community group basket. That's why we are changing our tagline to becoming community in Christ. It's why we describe ourselves as a family on mission. Together, all of it points to community. It's why we're changing not only our tagline, drum roll, we're also changing our logo because we want to communicate in visual picture form, just how important we believe community is. So next week, not this week, next week we're going to be showing you maybe a rougher draft than we want, uh, some form of this new logo because we want your input about what it looks like and about what it represents. See, we envision here to seek to develop and support community as we see it defined by the Godhead. Community with roles and responsibilities and communication and submission and love. Because this kind of community enables us 
to feed on Christ and to grow in Him through the community of other people. And that's why we believe that community must come first before anything else, before any other program. Because when I look at the Godhead, I see just how important order is. I see what was produced from getting the order right. Community first, then creation. Community first, then redemption. And how thankful we are. I hope you're thankful this morning for what the right order produced. Creation and our redemption. And so it is for us. Community has to be first among us. And then the community. It's becoming more and more what Jesus prays for here. As roles and responsibilities are defined within your community group. As communication becomes clearer and more open. As we learn how to submit to one another. As we love one another deeply and from the heart. Our community groups will develop a shared passion for something. We will develop a shared passion for someone. And that something or those someones, they will become the quote-unquote program. And that's why we have to start our vision with community groups. We believe this is the right order. God has challenged us, the leadership, to believe that if we seek to build community, that if we pray for community, then the work to which Jesus calls us will get done, and it will get done not with a whip, but with passion and excitement. You won't be able to hold God's people back who are experiencing real community. And that's why community building is such hard work. It's just that important. And it's why Satan opposes it, because so much is at stake. Your growth and the kingdom growth. So, be prepared to do hard work. That's our call to you this morning. Be prepared to do hard work. We have a mountain to climb to really develop community like this. And sometimes we show up to climb that rugged mountain with flip-flops when we need hiking boots. We ask you not to downplay or discount the power of the enemy who wants us to not have community. Who wants us to think of community group as just a program, an inanimate object. Take it or leave it. He wants us to come up with a hundred reasons, excuses for not being in community group or not joining community group or not being faithful to community group. He wants us to stay busy and distracted. I'm so busy. I'm so distracted. I can't go to community group. He wants us to be passive in community group instead of active. He wants us to receive instead of give. He wants us to judge community group instead of approve. This, the facilitator isn't that good. We pray too long. We don't pray long enough. The study of the word is too deep. The study of the word isn't deep enough. We took too long to eat. We ate so fast I gagged on my food. We got to fight those attitudes and that kind of thinking. You and I, we call on you. We together have to seek to build community. 
Because when you are building your community, you are building yourself, you're building this church, you're building the kingdom of Christ. And when your community group is good, you won't need a program to satisfy you. You're going to find satisfaction in community and what you do together out of love for Jesus and desire to see his kingdom grow. So yes, we have a vision here at Redeemer, and it is that we are becoming a community in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we do ask now that you would enable us to have real community here at Redeemer. Lord, we, oh, we look at you. We look at the beauty of the community that you have, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Look at the beauty of the things that you accomplish, creation, redemption, everything else. Lord, I pray that as we look, you would also give us a longing, a longing for what we see. We will never be perfect, Lord, in this earth because we're sinful. You're, you're perfect. We are not. But Lord, give us the courage and the conviction to strive to be community so that our community looks like your community. Lord, give us the faith to believe that if we work hard in the power of your spirit to build community, we can produce beautiful things as well. Lord, beautiful things for each other. That we would help each other grow in faith. Lord, that we would produce beautiful things for this community so that they might see our love for you and, and your love for them as we present the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would prevent us from being lone rangers to believing these are the things that we do on our own and in our own strength. It's not, Lord. We're to do these things in community. So, Lord, I pray that you would convince us of that. Keep us bold, keep us strong, make us willing to make the sacrifices that we need to make so that community at Redeemer is strong and healthy and becoming better and better and better all the time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.